You are listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host and teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books, Unlocking Godly Wisdom and The Divorced Christian. For more information, visit the website at thedivorcedchristian.com. And now here's your host, Darius Good. Welcome to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show. Thank you for joining us on today. My name is Darius Good. Visit our website today, thedivorcedchristian.com. There you'll find information regarding the book, where all the information taught on this podcast show, you can find right there in the book. The book is available on amazon.com. And so you can find the link in today's notes to go to the website And there you'll find information not just regarding the book, but we also have information regarding this podcast show, as well as our video podcast show that we are in the process of putting together. It's available only right now on Spotify, but you can find all that information there on the website. Once again, that's thedivorcedchristian.com. If our teachings have been helpful for you, I would love to hear from you. You can email us at divorced. Christian podcast at gmail.com. Divorce Christian podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear the impact that this show has been having on you. Uh, based on our numbers, it's very interesting. We have uh, listeners in 47 different countries. And so we are worldwide. And I know we are impacting uh, many listeners, but I would love to hear from you. And if you are on a platform that allows you to rate the show, please rate our show and also like the show. That's extremely helpful. And share it with somebody that you think needs to hear this information. We're going to tackle a very interesting argument on today. Um, it's one that I haven't made clearly, but I'm going to do so today. And I'm not going to back off of this as we are laying down the truth of the subject of divorce. And so I've entitled episode 31, Jesus Never Said You Could Get Divorced for Adultery. So let's begin our teaching on today. And I know it's very difficult for many to hear this because we've all come to the conclusion that that's what Jesus said, that you could only get divorced for adultery. And that is honestly the conclusion I would come to. Every single time I read through these scriptures, Jesus was stating you can only get divorced for adultery. But I studied this subject out and at the end of a year and a half, it was very clear to me that Jesus never said you could get divorced for adultery. And so let's look at these passages of scriptures beginning in Matthew chapter five, verse twenty seven. Jesus made the statement, you have heard that it was said by them of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. At verse 28, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And then at verse 32, he goes on to say, but I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, Causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. 
We'll go to Matthew 19, verse 9. I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery, and whosoever marrieth her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. Mark 10, verse 11. And he saith unto them, whosoever shall put away his wife, and marry another, committeth adultery against her. Mark 10, verse 12 says, And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. Then we have Luke chapter 16, verse 18. Whosoever putteth away his wife and marrieth another committeth adultery. And whosoever marrieth her that is put away from her husband committeth adultery. So these are all the passages that we have in which Jesus is saying the same thing over and over and over. We see it uh, in different teachings. So one, Matthew 5 was the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking to a multitude. We see the list um, that explains who the multitude is in Matthew chapter 4, very last verse. Talks about those from uh, Galilee, those from Decapolis. So these are all Jews that Jesus is talking to. Matthew 19, he's talking with Pharisees. Um, the conversation where he mentions women. If, if a woman puts away her husband and marries another, she's committed adultery. That was a conversation in private that Jesus was having with his disciples. And so we have this conversation coming back over and over and over. And Jesus is saying the same thing every single time. And of course, based on the teachings I've heard since I was young, the conclusion was always that Jesus was saying, if you divorce your wife and you marry someone else, then you have committed adultery. And the only way that you can get divorced is because of adultery or fornication. And so this has been the conclusion in the church world for a very, very, very long time. And so as I began to question certain things regarding the law of Moses, didn't the law say this? I began getting answers to my questions because the first thing that stood out to me was I thought adultery was punishable by death. So now are you saying you can get divorced for adultery as opposed to being killed? for committing adultery. Now, the Old Testament is very clear. Uh, the law states in Exodus 20, verse 14, which we call the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not commit adultery. In Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10, then we have the, the crime as well as the punishment stated. So the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. And then we have Deuteronomy twenty-two, twenty-two: If a man be found lying with a woman married to a husband, then they shall both of them die, both the man that lay with the woman and the woman. So shalt thou put away evil from Israel. And then in Deuteronomy 22, verse 25 and 26, they lay a case uh, of a situation 
where a betrothed woman is forced by a man. So she is considered a married woman at the beginning of the betrothal, at the, the beginning of the engagement, because she's already signed a marriage agreement. The ketubah has been signed. So it's legally binding, making her a married woman. So at verse 25, Deuteronomy 22, verse 25, if a man find a betrothed damsel in the field and the man force her and lie with her, then the man only that lay with her shall die. Verse 26, but unto the damsel thou shalt do nothing. There is in the damsel no sin worthy of death. For as when a man riseth against his neighbor and slays him, even so is this matter. Divorce was a capital punishment crime. So as I've questioned different ones regarding this, different ministers, they would say to me, Jesus changed the law. And I believed it that way up until in reading the scriptures, going through the Sermon on the Mount, right before Jesus makes the statement regarding adultery and divorce. He says, don't think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill for verily I say unto you till heaven and earth pass away. So now he, he went beyond just a statement of fulfilling the law. He makes a, a deeper, a deeper argument until heaven and earth pass away. One jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Now, this word jot or tittle deals with the smallest details of the law, the smallest letter or the smallest stroke, um, which would be like a comma or those sort of details. All of it has to be fulfilled before the law passes away. Now, everything has not been fulfilled. Old Testament law deals with the resurrection of the dead. Old Testament law deals with the great throne room judgment. So there's many things a part of our Christian doctrine that the Jews are also waiting for. It's been prophesied in the Old Testament. They believe is coming. If you remember the conversation Jesus had with the Sadducees, they asked him if a woman married seven brothers, whose wife would she be in the resurrection? And we understand that the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection, but the Pharisees did. So this is Old Testament doctrine that has not been fulfilled yet. So the law is not done away with. We're just not under the law. The law is not gone. You can be either under the law or you could be under grace. But we just understand that being under the law of Moses is a curse. So now that Jesus has come through faith, we are under grace. In Matthew chapter 5, 19, Jesus continues making his third argument regarding the law. He said, whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now we understand the kingdom of heaven is a New Testament concept. It was prophesied in the Old Testament. Daniel had that image of the, the, uh, the king. Part of it was gold, part was different uh, brass and, and all these different elements. And at the bottom, it was destroyed by, uh, the feet was destroyed by a stone. 
which was representation of another kingdom, the kingdom of God, of which he explained there will be no end. That kingdom came when Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Kingdom is a New Testament concept. And Jesus is saying that we still cannot break the commandments. You can't break the least of the commandments. You can't break the greatest commandment. And if you teach the commandments, then you will be great in his kingdom. Once again, we're not under the law, but the law has not been whited out, has not been done away with. It's not voided. It's not abolished. It still exists. Now, just quickly, Jesus established a mindset and a way of life where we are no longer under the law. So Galatians 5 explains that we need to have the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And Paul concluded by explaining against such there is no law. If we live this lifestyle by the fruit of the spirit, then there's no necessity for the law. That means we don't take any issues to court. We can resolve issues amongst ourselves. This is the way of life God always wanted. That's why you see from Adam until Moses, there's no established law by God. God did not establish the law until Moses came. He wanted men to live according to their word. Give your word and keep it. This is what kingdom should look like. Meekness, preferring others over yourself, giving your word even when it's to your hurt. These are these are kingdom concepts. We live like this, then we're no longer under the law of Moses. Now, let's continue Jesus' argument here in Matthew chapter 5. He begins to talk about adultery at verse 27. You have heard that it was said by them of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. Notice he used the word but. He does not change the law of Moses. He says that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, commits adultery with her already in his heart. Now we understand adultery only applied to married women. So when you looked at a married woman with lust in your heart, you have committed adultery already. This is Old Testament teaching and we've highlighted this already. This is thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife. To covet is an inward desire. That's lust. And Paul explained in Romans 7 verse 7, he said, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. No, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. That's Old Testament teaching. Paul was explaining that he understood lust because of the law of Moses. He understood that covetousness is lust. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. So Jesus is teaching Old Testament teachings here. At verse 29, if thy right hand offends thee, pluck it out, cast it from you. It's more profitable that one of thy members should perish and not the entire body should be cast into hell. Verse 30, if your right hand offends you, cut it off, cast it from you. For it is profitable for you that one of your members should perish and not the whole body should be cast into hell. If you notice, Jesus is describing the entire body, a part being cut off from the body. This is Deuteronomy 22, verse 22. If a man be found lying with a woman married to a husband, 
Then they shall both of them die, both the man that lay with the woman and the woman. So shalt thou put away evil from Israel. It has to be cut off from the body. So Jesus, once again, he's talking about adultery. These are Old Testament scriptures. Then Jesus talks about divorce, but we're still dealing with the subject of adultery. So at verse 31, it hath been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. Verse 32, but I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause or except for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Once again, we're dealing with the subject of adultery. Now, Jesus used the word but once again. But notice, whenever he uses the word but, he never gives an opposite argument. He's always really adding on to the subject. That's just how he talked while he was giving this particular sermon. I'll give you an example. When he said, thou shalt not commit adultery, he didn't turn around and then say, now it's okay to commit adultery. He said, no, understand if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, then you've committed adultery. So the word but doesn't mean he's going to lay down an opposing argument or opposing view. So once again, when it comes to the subject of divorce, this is the only time we feel that Jesus altered or changed the law of Moses. That's not what he did. Jesus is talking about the laws that pertain to an adulterous marriage. And because most Christians are not familiar with these laws, then we've tried to make sense of what Jesus was referring to. So let's begin at verse 31. It says, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. This is Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse one. There's two parts to divorce that Moses established. Men were only putting away their wives. He required men to now give her a bill of divorcement. It had to be a legal process. So the woman would receive her bill of divorce or her get. Then the second part was he was required to put her away or send her out of his house. Just like in that same verse, Moses established the two parts to marriage. When a man takes a woman and marries her, the taking is the betrothal, the legal documentation now required to enter into marriage, and then marries her. That's the nuptials, the exchanging of the vows. So Moses established two parts to marriage and two parts to divorce. Then we go to verse 32. He says, but I say, so now we believe Jesus is now changing things. No, he's now talking about adultery once again, adulterous marriages. Now, an adulterous marriage in Israel was not a woman that committed adultery. In that case, the woman had to die. He could not pardon her sin. Any man guilty of Fornicating with that woman was also killed. There was no pardoning of sins. They could not offer a sin offering. Adultery was a capital punishment crime, and those found guilty were killed. Now, when it came to an adulterous marriage, that was a required or mandatory divorcement. So Jesus is describing a man and woman that's entered into a second marriage. Well, that's impossible in Israel. Now, they understand their culture. We didn't. So in Israel, a woman could only enter into a second marriage if she has her bill of divorce. Keep in mind, these are small towns. 
200 people, 300 people, 900 people. They're little towns. So everyone knows who's married to who. So when there's a divorce and the priest uh, goes to marry the woman for her second marriage, she has to present her bill of divorcement. Otherwise, she cannot be remarried. Now, we've already covered that in this verse, the word divorce does not is not there. They've added this word. So he's using the word apolio, which means put away or the term we would use, which would be separated. Whosoever shall put away his wife or separates from his wife causes her to commit adultery. Right. Because she cannot enter into a second marriage because she's still married. <clears throat> Whosoever shall marry her, that is put away a polio, not divorce. That word is not there. Is a, sep a separated woman committeth adultery because he's married a woman that is still legally married. Absolutely impossible in Israel. This only occurred in one instance. And remember that they lived in towns where they would walk and journey. They would handle business out of town. They'll go away for battles and war. So if the woman was left, the husband went off and, or even abandoned her. She was called Aguna, a chain woman, could not enter into another marriage. She had to legally be divorced to enter into her second marriage. So women in Israel would die as an Aguna, as a chain woman, chained by the laws of marriage to their husband. The only way she was free to remarry is if she received word by two or three witnesses. They had to have proof that the husband died in doing so. She would receive what was promised to her in her ketubah, in her marriage agreement with her husband. And then she was free to enter into another marriage. Now, if it was later found out that the husband was alive or he returns home, she has a living husband. He's not dead. So now that first marriage is still binding. She's still married to her first husband and now illegally married to her second husband. This is the definition of of an adulterous marriage. In this case, it was not punishable by death, but that man was considered an adulterer for marrying a woman that was still married. The woman is considered an adulteress because she is still legally married to her husband. That is the only way that worked in Israel. So notice Jesus said, except in the case of fornication, fornication was the exception because according to the law, death was required if a woman committed adultery. There is no adulterous marriage. In the case of fornication, she was stoned to death or strangled. So now there's no need to go to the court. There's no need for a divorcement. There's no need to have the ketubah resolved. The man was now free to move on and enter into a, another marriage. Now. Let me say this. There is a second way an adulterous marriage could occur in Israel. And the second way was if the woman married a man that was too close in kinship. And so according to Leviticus chapter 18, we have a list of relationships that are too close in kinship that are now forbidden by Moses. If a woman entered into this sort of marriage, then the marriage was labeled an adulterous marriage. So those are your two examples of adulterous marriages 
according to the law of Moses. Can we find this in the scripture, in the stories? Absolutely. So we have the story of David. David was married to Michal, the first uh, or the second daughter, the youngest daughter of King Saul. And there's a story in which uh, Saul was attempting to kill David. You can find this story in 1 Samuel chapter 19. They created an image in the bed that looked like David was still sleeping. When they arrived, David was already gone. He went out the window. David was gone for many, many years. When he returns, he then uh, is negotiating with Ishbosheth, which is the son of King Saul. And he says to him, this is the brother of Michal. He says, send me my wife, the one that I killed, uh, the, uh, the hundred for, uh, Philistines. I provided the, the foreskins as payment for the bridal price for my wife. Send me my wife. And at this point, we understand that Saul had taken Michal and married her to another man. This man's name was Felty. And so the story is, and you can find this story in 2 Samuel chapter 3, that Ishbosheth, this is verse 15, sent and took her from her husband, even from Fatiel. And of course, you find two spellings of the husband's name. And it says that verse 16, her husband went with her along, weeping behind her. And then Abner, he was the captain of the military, said to the man, he said, you go return. And the man returned home. This is the example of an adulterous marriage. She was still married to David. So the law, we see it right in the scriptures. For those of us that don't understand what Jesus was explaining, uh, I'm going to take more time on these two explanations of an adulterous marriage. Thank you for joining us on today. Please like, share. I need the ratings, comment. You can reach out and contact me as well. Visit my website, thedivorcechristian.com. All the information you heard on today, you will find in the book, The Divorce Christian. It's available on Amazon. If you're listening by radio, join us again on next week. And until next time, be blessed. You've been listening to The Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center, and he is the author of the book, The Divorced Christian. To learn more about this book and other books written by Darius, or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at thedivorcedchristian.com. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation, understanding, and healing. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, be blessed.